even having this great understanding of yoga and, and, and having such incredible mentors, I still, like everybody else, got caught up in that posture ladder. You know, I, I wanted to nail every freaking pose, every handstand, and I still, you know, have some sort of attachment to that. But really, like what changed my yoga practice was meditation because it flipped it around. Not, not anymore was I using my body to get into these yoga postures, but I was using these yoga postures as tools to strengthen my mind. And it became all about the mind because nowadays, you know, you can eat as much blue-green algae as you want. You know, you can do every single kind of health test, whatever. But eventually, you're going to get old, right? No one can escape the aging process. And at that age, you, all that matters, all that's left is your mind. You want a strong mind. If you have a strong mind, nobody can touch you. And this is what I'm like figuring out. So that, that's what I'm giving more importance to. And I hope that people who practice yoga can use that as a bridge and as a doorway to really have that understanding that mind matters most. You know, your equanimity is your, is your best friend, your non-reactivity. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to It's the Bearded Man podcast with your favorite, the world's favorite bearded man, Bob Bay. Each week with our guest episodes, I try to put the spotlight on someone who in my eyes is living their most authentic life. Today's guest was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. After completing a 200-hour yoga training course his senior year of high school, he committed his life to yoga. He has taught yoga around the globe in 20-plus countries like Dubai, India, Bali. He's a Nike master trainer and yoga instructor and was recently part of a massive campaign back in December of 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is well over three years in the making. Today on the podcast, Jonah Cast, baby. How we doing, brother? Thank you, man. I'm doing well. I'm so pumped to have you here. <laughs> Me too, man. Like you said, three years in the making. That's, three years that's in the not making, a lot. man. I was always chiming in. I saw you hustling. I saw you super busy. And uh, to me, I was like, at some point, the world, the universe, it's it's just going to make the most sense. And uh, I was, when I, I had saw the other day, you had post, I think it was literally yesterday when you posted, you're doing the yoga session in Venice. I'm like, oh, this man's in Venice. Slide through that DM real quick. You already and, know. And I was happy that you had uh, some flexibility to be in here today. For sure, bro. Happy to make it. Happy to be here. How's the last year been for you as somebody that pre-pandemic was traveling <clears throat> nonstop, I feel like? Yeah, great question. Right off the bat, you know, this year has been... It's been tough. It's been challenging, but I think from it has come a lot of growth. Mm. You know, I think everyone kind of experienced that that level of, you know, that level of insecurity, that level of the unknown, trying to just not knowing where things are going to go. You know, I was stuck in New Zealand. I think it was like late March and um, just had so much uncertainty, just mm. didn't know where things were going to go. Like you said, I travel for a living. So literally my retreat was in April in India. We had like 20 people and... <sighs> And I had a teacher training in July that had like 40 people. And, you know, this is how I make my living. I'm a yoga teacher. So um, things were definitely in the mix. But overall, I'd love to to get into it. Things ended up working out for the best. Yeah, it's crazy how that, how that kind of happens, right? Yeah, man. It's uh, it's wild for sure. I feel, I feel like because of all the yoga uh, training that you've probably been through in your entire life, you're really good at letting go. And I would imagine this was maybe the biggest moment for, I mean, all individuals in our lives, I feel like that we had to learn to just let go because I even had saw in a previous podcast that you were talking about going into 2020, your entire year was booked out. And so I can only imagine that like once March hits and you find out 
everything is shutting down, you're probably freaking out. Like literally all of my plans are now washed. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, that's interesting for you to hear. Like the, the goal of yoga, if I could put yoga into two words, it is to let go mm. and that, you know, letting go is yoga. So I'm really, I'm really glad you know that. Cause most people think yoga is just triangle pose. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> It's more than that. And more than just letting go too. I think yoga is all about making adjustments. Mm. I think life is just a series of adjustments. And when you're practicing yoga, you're just making adjustments, whether that be physical or you're making the adjustment of your mind. Um, you know, yoga is a series of adjustments that you have to make in order to find balance. Mm. And yoga is really just a great metaphor for life. So life is a series of adjustments. And I think that this whole year has presented people to just literally pivot and make adjustments around the obstacles mm. of what are coming up. And and this has been a great opportunity for that. And I think that the people who in this last year have made those adjustments are going to be, are going to have really good years in 2021 because they just planted seeds and they prepared themselves. Yeah. Preparation meets opportunity. Yeah. And I think too, the, this just changes people's mindset moving forward about any, any real hurdle in their life where they've learned how to pivot their entire lives from no gyms, no social lives, uh, probably changing the way you even ordered groceries uh, going out, you needed to always wear a mask. So I think <clears throat> hopefully at a bigger picture, at a higher level, that this will just change the mindset of people and kind of being, I don't want to say, I guess more optimistic about just life and like the flow of the way things kind of naturally happening. But it, I forgot I was talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago, but it, they had said, they kind of got choked up talking about it, but they're like, this is probably going to be the only time in our lives that we'll experience something at a scale that all humans experienced as one, wow. which it really put into perspective. I was like, I never, yeah. I never thought of it in that lens, and it, and it puts a lot of things into perspective. Oh, great point. Yeah, you can't you can't separate yourself from what's going on. You know, I, at first everyone was in denial, and I, I tried to, I was trying to escape it. You know, through travel, like I was like, mm, maybe COVID mm. doesn't exist in this country. You go there, yeah. it's completely locked down. You know, anywhere in the world you go, everyone's experiencing the same kind of you know suffering. Yeah, and um, and hurdles. So. Yeah, a lot of people are going to Tulum. I saw that was a big... <laughs> Tulum, maybe it didn't exist. Maybe that's the one place Tulum on Earth. Bali. I was like, everyone's going... These are the places I need to be going. Yeah, Tulum's uh, its own little universe. But Tulum is interesting too, because you know I've been going there since I was a baby. My dad's been doing retreats there for over 25 years. And you know that, that place is a really special place in my heart. It's like a second home. I was going there once or twice a year ever since I was like in my mom's stomach. So wow. But Tulum's changed, man. It's like South Beach, Miami now. It's like <laughs> there's <laughs> hotels. It's so expensive and like you know it's such a party time. But it's still, if you go there, you can still feel its magic. It's got yeah. that. There's something different about the energy of that mm. place. That's a place that sounds right on my alley. I think you need to check it out. I need to, I need to, need to, need to tap out. in there. I need to tap in there. For sure. Just hit me up though, because you know I'll, I'll tell you where to go. <laughs> you don't want to get trapped in the, the vortex. No, 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 no. I, I won't do that. I don't want to do that. If anything, <laughs> I'll tell people I know Jonah, Jonah Kesson, see, see how much that name pulls. But you brought up your father. Um, yeah. Really interesting. Johnny Kess, and then you have your, your uncle, Brian Kess, yep. who were both essentially, from what I've seen, are just like goats in the yoga space. Appreciate that. Um, how now growing up is yoga naturally just like hey jonah um you can do this practice called yoga which we do or does it become pretty much no questions asked it's, it's part of your life do they give yeah. you the option to potentially add this into your life or is it just naturally like you don't even you don't even think twice about it because it was just what was presented to you exactly very intuitive it was just it was just it was just what is mm. there was no like choice there wasn't like do you want it it was just 
yoga. Mm. And it was really all I knew because ever since I was a baby, I was, you know, walking the yoga room with my, with my pops. I was, we, you know, we did the seated meditations every day. We did the gratitude circles at night. It was just, it wasn't something that was separate from our household. It was our household. Mm. And yeah, it, you know, it was just what is. So growing up, I didn't know any different. You know, I definitely like had some moments of like rebellious times. I was an athlete. So, um, but yeah, it was just what is. And I think that eventually I grew into it and saw the magic and saw the the potential of, of what my father and uncle were doing. Mostly my father, because I, you know, I wasn't too close to my uncle growing up. It wasn't until I was 18. And I, I actually moved to LA to to live with him. Wow. He had a guest so house. He was, already, he was already living out here in Santa Monica yeah, since you were since you were being raised. Yeah, I don't want to get too into it, but totally. Brian has like a crazy story. He, he basically got in his car. He was like a really like uh, just troubled kid gotcha. and didn't come from a great fan, like household. Mm-hmm. And he just got in his car one day in his beater and just drove to LA and was washing dishes and ended up, you know, had this gift that his father gave him of yoga in, in his back pocket. And eventually it came to life here. Wow. Like any like you know success story in LA, he started teaching yoga to all the celebrities, and it happened you know slowly, but then quickly blew up. Um, but yeah, thanks. Grateful to Brian because ever th- since things weren't really working out for me in college, I basically moved to LA. This was the first place I I lived with him in his guest house. He had a home in Venice, mm. and um, I started teaching at his donation studio, mm. and that was kind of where I got those you know thousand of hours in, like at his donation studio. I was just just doing it you know yeah. just teaching so things when you say things are working out at college this is uh university of colorado boulder yes, sir. What, what's uh at this point you already kind of i think there was a moment when you're 18 when you did the yoga um 200 hour training course is when i feel like was the defining moment for you yeah for yoga so i think what's that's in- what it took like i you know as i i think i was 17 because it was my senior year of high school mm. and um yeah, I think that's just what it took. You know, I've already like sat into some trainings, but this is the one where I like fully committed to. Yeah. And it was just one of my dad's trainings. So it, it wasn't like the 200 hour certification that propelled me. I think it was just finally the time in my life where I'm like, I'm committed and yeah. there's no going back. It was like, even before the training, I knew, like I already saw everything. And wow. after the training, it was like, I was, before the training was even done, I was already teaching classes because I knew it was just what I was going to do. And from there, I kind of just ran with it. Like mm. I just started literally just owning it and completely, you know, stepping into it. And I knew it was my dharma and dharma is a, a term we use in yoga and it's, it's your purpose. It's your mm. life's purpose. And uh, yeah, I just knew I had to give it away. Like is what I was meant here to do. What's the intent going into college then? At that point, if you feel like you already know you want to do yoga, was it just... I was still like, I wasn't, you know, making any money. I was still kind of like a little confused as far as like where everything was headed. I knew yoga was going to be in the picture. So I just was like doing what I, what everyone else was doing. Like yeah. I was just copying people. I was like, everyone goes to college. Let me just try yeah. this. It's hard. Up until 18, you you feel like it's a, it's a mold where you, it's one foot oh. in front of the other. We're all just marching soldiers following the same path. And exactly. not until after you get out of high school where you start to realize like, you just create your own life at this, after that. You create the blueprint. Yeah, and I wish someone would have told me that earlier, but everyone has to go through it. And I have so much respect for people like you, man, who just kind of like go after what they're what they're dreaming for, you know, yeah. and, and, and they just kind of step away from the mold because it's so easy to get trapped in it. Yeah. But yeah, I went to college and, I, you know, I was still like trying to like fit in and I did, I tried to get into the frats and I was doing a little bit of that, but I think my health basically took over and I, I, I wasn't doing well health wise. Mm. That was probably one of the toughest years of my life. Mm. And that kind of really 
made me take a step back and just like look at what I was doing, my habits, you know, what I was doing for fun. I was like smoking a lot of weed, which, you know, wasn't a good thing. Um, yeah. And basically just dropped out forcefully from, mm. for health reasons. And that kind of propelled me to, to look in a new direction. And that's what brought me to LA. Mm. And, I, and I, and I, we were talking about before, but the, the move to LA essentially was the best decision where it kind of gave you the, I don't want to say the, I guess you could say the runway to go all in on this. Yeah. It just gave me like a, a different sense of independence. It gave me, um, maybe like some more direct connection to, to my lineage and in the real world because mm. you know college is like a bridge it's not really the quite the real world yet but it's like it's like the bridge it's to a buffer it. it's a buffer it's a four-year buffer of like go have some fun get your shit done but yeah. <laughs> so throwing myself into la was like the scariest thing because you know i just had all it was the real world now i was in, i was in charge of myself and my uncle like never really coddled me he, he's kind of a hard ass even though he's a yoga teacher it makes no sense but uh <laughs> he he really didn't give me any shortcuts i had to pay for my you know, my slots at the studio, that's mm. the way donation studios work. You know, I just, I paid $40 for my 10 AM slot on Tuesdays and Thursdays and anything I kept in donations, I get to keep. Wow. But I actually lost money for two years because I was only making about $30 a class. <sighs> so, uh, thankfully I had another job at cafe gratitude and I just made a joke the other day. My friend brought it up. They actually fired me. Cafe gratitude. Yeah. And I, I go eat there all the time and they all, they love me there. You know, <laughs> they just knew it wasn't my Dharma. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm actually, the irony is I'm grateful to Cafe Gratitude, Gratitude for firing fine. me because uh, then I wouldn't have stepped more fully into yoga. And as soon as they fired me, I got a job over at Yoga Collective next door. See, so it's things like, happen for a reason. Yeah. And, and then LA just really put me in a place to collaborate. And mm. I think that's what you're doing so beautifully. And I think you've already understood the power of collaboration. Totally. Um, that's the key. So anyone listening to like really wanting to to step into what you're doing, find people that are doing what you're doing and and learn from them get a mentor collaborate mm -hmm. see if there's anywhere where you can offer value and and that's what I did I started you know meeting people taking pictures creating content you know doing co-teaching classes with teachers that I really looked up to and it took a while to that stepping stone but man collaboration is just the quickest yeah. way to growth yeah and the the thing that I've learned and that's what the most beautiful thing about that I found doing this podcast is that you don't even have to surround yourself with people that are trying to do the same thing as you. It's surrounding yourself with passionate people in mm. general. That energy is so contagious that it's going to rub off on you. It's going to inspire you. And you're going to learn things from the other people that even if they're on a different path, trying to do something different, it's just a priceless, timeless energy that mm. it's going to keep you fueled up when those moments of like, when you're not, when you're when you're paying forty dollars for the session and you're only making thirty dollars, but yeah, you continuously are showing up every single day or once a week and still throwing your money out there, going, "I'm not making any money actually doing this." Like that in and of itself just speaks so loudly about how much you've believed in this this path because it's so easy to see where you are right now in 2021. Just had a Nike billboard. People see the end product, but it's like, it's the gems. It's the, it's all those hurdles along the way that really speaks to how much this has been meant to you along of getting to where you are right now. Definitely, bro. Thanks for seeing me in, in my, in my fullest light. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's, you know, everyone sees the end result. That's how it is for everyone, you know, yeah. but like people don't realize how many seeds were planted beforehand. Yeah. You know, things don't happen overnight. It's, yeah. It's just at this point it's like you, you should know this yeah you know? I, wrote, I wrote a sticky note on my laptop the other day it's it's you can't see right now because the laptop's shut but as a reminder when i get caught up in my head about not being where i want to be i just wrote time hasn't caught up yet 
Hmm. I already, I already know it. I already see the path. I already see the big studio, multiple camera production team. Like I already see it. It's time it's just there. hasn't caught up yet. It so hasn't caught at up. At this point, all I have to do now is just enjoy life until I get to there. Like it's gonna happen. So every episode you're doing, Bobby, you're you're putting a drop in a bucket. Yeah. And pretty soon that bucket's gonna be overflowing. But right <laughs> now, you know, you're just putting drops. Yeah. Every word that you say on those, you know, personal one-on-one podcasts yeah. that you do, every person, you, it just another drop, and that I think that's what people really need to there's that bamboo analogy you know when the bamboo grows underneath the soil for five or ten years and then the 11th year it shoots up 10 Mm. 20 feet Mm. it's like this is nature like how can we argue with this this is how things are meant to be yeah you know karma the the this idea that have you familiar with karma not, I mean, I, like in the sense of like, yeah. if I do good, it's going to come back to me. Like right. in that sense. Because karma's a bitch. You've probably heard that term. Um, yeah. I've heard that one too many times. <laughs> karma's a bitch only if you're a bitch. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, karma is this ancient spiritual term that, you know, has, has literally been around since the beginning of time. And if you break down the word karma um, comes from a Sanskrit word, kur, and that means to create. Mm. And this literally means that you create your reality. Mm. And it's exactly what you said. You know, the best way to think about it is, is planting seeds. If you plant sweet seeds, you're going to get sweet fruit. If you plant bitter seeds, you're going to get bitter fruit. Mm. And um, yeah, I think we're constantly planting seeds everywhere. Yeah. And some grounds are more fertile than others. For you, I think Venice is going to be very fertile ground oh, because, yeah. the, you know, it's just the soil's rich here. It's like whatever you drop, if you put one intention out, one little seed, I mean, that's going to grow into a fucking apple tree. <laughs> So <laughs> I think take my money, Venice. I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> exactly. Like I think the ground that you're on too is like, that's the, the part people don't really talk about with, with, with karma because mm. you can plant seeds, but if, if you're not in an environment that, that is going to nourish and grow those seeds, then yeah. what does it even matter if you're planting them? Yeah, you're right. You need, you need to be in the right, in the right area. Uh, there's no question about that. What have, what have you found to be the biggest misconceptions about yoga for people that have never tried it? Yeah, and most people think that yoga is physical, but I, I don't even want to start saying, oh, yeah, physical yoga is not real yoga because it is yoga. Like people, that's what people see yoga as. That's what people practice yoga as. Mm. But I think it's so important just to have that that understanding that it's it's just a placeholder for, for the really important things. Mm. Um, let's Let's kind of break this down. You know, a lot of people go to yoga and they, they call it sweaty fitness. You know, they're, they're literally just going into a hot yoga room, they're stretching their body and they feel amazing afterwards. And it's not necessarily because of the heat. You know, these are factors. Yes, they're moving their body in these unique positions that are like really touching every single point. You know, yoga postures are really just creative calisthenics. Mm. They're just like, you know, pigeon pose is like a really unique shape you can put your body in to stretch your hip. Crazy. I mean, these these people were geniuses. Like, you know, this is this is way more advanced than CrossFit. Let's be honest. <laughs> but, you know, that's just one doorway. The next doorway is, is the liberation aspect. People come out of yoga and they feel fucking amazing and they don't know why, but it's because for one hour... They weren't distracted. Uh-huh. Their attention was inwards. Mm-hmm. They their mind stopped racing. You know, in the Yoga Sutras, um, these are like basically the the ancient text of yoga written by Patanjali. Mm. Um, you know, he has a Yoga Sutra one point two. It says Yoga Chitta Vritta Narodaha, which essentially means you, the whole purpose of yoga is to stop the movement of your mind. Chitta mm. means stop. Narodaha is the mind. Um, vrittis is like the, the the fluctuations of your mind. Mm. So what this means is like literally the goal of yoga is to is to get rid of all the shit in your mind. 
Mm. And yoga postures, if you really look at them, they're just tools to basically create space in your thoughts, in your mind, to get to, to basically bring your focus back. In the sense, because you have to be so present for the move that you're doing that you have to pay attention to every little, like everything you're doing. Yeah, it's, it's just, you know, when you pay attention to do, when you're doing anything, your attention goes under that, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can really flip your perspective and see that the postures are not tools to, to strengthen your body. I mean, they are, but they're also tools to strengthen your mind. Mm. And that was like what really changed my practice because even having this great understanding of yoga and, and, and having such incredible mentors, I still, like everybody else, got caught up in that posture ladder. You know, I, I wanted to nail every freaking pose, every handstand, and I still, you know, have some sort of attachment to that. Um, but really, like what changed my yoga practice was meditation because it flipped it around. Not, not anymore was I using my body to get into these yoga postures, but I was using these yoga postures as tools to strengthen my mind. And it became all about the mind. Because nowadays, you know, you can eat as much blue-green algae as you want. You know, you can do every single kind of health test, whatever. But eventually, you're going to get old, right? Mm-hmm. No one can escape the aging process. And at that age, you, all that matters, all that's left is your mind. You want a strong mind. Yeah. If you have a strong mind, nobody can touch you. Yeah. And this is what I'm like figuring out. So that that's what I'm giving more importance to. And I hope that people who practice yoga can use that as a bridge and as a doorway to really have that understanding that mind matters most. Yeah. You know, your equanimity is your is your best friend, your non-reactivity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, meditation has without a doubt became a huge part of my life in the last probably since 2016. I started listening to podcasts and hearing people talk about meditation. And I, you know, I used to be one of those people outside looking and I'm like, Sit sit and focus on my breath. Like, what is the ton for you? Meditation. What would you say the biggest benefit overall is? Stillness. Stillness. Yeah, and learning learning to become an observer of my thoughts and not wow. being and not becoming attached to emotions as I used to. Not letting. Beautiful. I'm like a I. I'd say majority of the time I'm I'm, I'm flying a plane at thirty thousand feet cruising altitude. Mm. So there's going to be a little bit of spikes in highness, but I'll recognize like yo enjoy this but like no it's gonna come back down and then it's the same with the lows where i go you're not feeling too high right now let's let's reverse engineer why do you not why do you not feel like this mm. and and try to d- dig deeper into it but beautiful I, I think it's just not attaching myself to my thoughts you you got it right there you yeah. said it not attaching yourself <laughs> to your thoughts and, and becoming the observer yes and that's what meditation is all about you know meditation's a science mm. experimentation with observation mm. you're literally just becoming the observer and the way you do that is you start by observing your breath and oftentimes your breath will let you know it's kind of like uh you know your breath reflects the quality of your mind you know if your mind is very agitated if you're very stressed your the pattern of your breath physically like you can actually right. notice this it's going to be harder yeah. you see those cartoon characters when they're mad they go they start flaring out of their nostrils you're right. this is our breath is literally a reflection of the quality of our lives yeah. so if you can really focus on the subtleties of your breath You'll notice the changes. You know, you'll you'll maybe come back to a softer breath after 20 minutes of meditation. Yeah, and you just become you detach yourself. You become the observer. I yeah. think that's a great a great point for everyone listening. Is you know you don't even need to know any specific you know techniques of meditation. Just sit in stillness mm-hmm. and observe your breath because those moments are so rare. Yeah, there's so many distractions, especially living in a place like this. All day long. Think about what 20 minutes before you go to bed at night can do if you just rest your mind on your breath. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, 
Yeah, it's just so needed. It's so crucial. I know, and it's I I like can't even imagine my life without it now because it's it's been such a it's such a game changer. Even in like before podcasts, like I I sat here intentionally for ten minutes before you got here and just 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 literally I didn't close my eyes. I didn't you know just literally just focused on my breath and just positively thought about how great of this conversation. So it almost mm. then it becomes like a visualization aspect too, where I start to like visualize you know what i'm gonna do and how i'm gonna um execute these things or whatever but still just like the it allows me to not get anxious or yes. worried or like like oh my god i got a podcast coming i don't know if i'm gonna kill it for jonah like i gotta i no what do you what do you what, no. why just just be in the moment don't don't exactly. allow these emotions to take override like you're not attached to them this is just your internal dialogue trying to create this storyline that you're not going to be able to execute on the highest level it's like mm. chill you've done and this think, a million times i think it allowed you to also you know be more present oh yeah because when you're with your breath you're always in the present moment yeah and um even when i'm talking to you right now i have part of my attention on my breath and it's just allowing me to stay present Ooh. and not think about you know what i'm gonna have for lunch after this episode mm. <laughs> you know yeah but um I, I think that's a really good point meditation has so many you know avenues and benefits one being stillness right yeah another being non-reactivity yes another being kind of like you said like preparation it almost is like taking all your thoughts and putting into file cabinets mm. um it's there's so many different benefits to meditation and i really think everyone can find a benefit that will that will help them at 18 i think it was that you went on your first 10 day silent uh tell me if i pronounce this right is it vipassana vipassana yeah, yeah. uh was that was it 18 the first time you went on one of those yeah it's kind of become a family tradition at this point me and all yeah me and both my brothers have have done it at 18 okay um Talk to me, explain what that is in short, and then just really talk to me about how that experience was. Yeah, that's, like I said, that, that really changed my, my father's perspective on yoga. And it also, I, I, after doing it, I finally realized where he was coming from. And, you know, it brought back to that same point that, you know, all, the ultimate goal is the, is the mind. Because you just sit there for 10 days. And when else would you have that opportunity to do that, you know? 10 days in, like, the grand scheme of things isn't a long time. But... We would never just, you would never chill in your room for 10 days straight and meditate. No. There's too many things going on. So the container really helps. And um, yeah, like to be honest, I need to sign up for another one this year. I need it. It's like a maintenance. It's How uh, often will you do it? You know, I've only done two because quite Your schedule too. I mean, 10 days, is, it's, it isn't a lot of days in no the ex- grand scheme. It's but no it excuse though for me. You know, mm. I'm busy, but you can make time because it's like, are you are you scheduling your life around are you scheduling meditation around your life or are you scheduling me- your life around meditation yeah and i think it's like what's the priority here like yeah meditate like like your health and your clarity is the priority and yeah i just quite frankly i've been busy but also um i'm kind of scared to go back really? <laughs> i mean it's not fun <laughs> It's not, it's not fun. Like no one wants to meditate. And there's a reason for that because we're, we're always trying to, but everyone's running around LA like, and I, I don't mean to be, you know, negative, but I think we're all doing it. Even myself, we're constantly just distracting ourselves. We're constantly running away from everything. Mm. And meditation's like, Hey, like you have to sit here and face it. Mm. That's like the key, the key thing I wanted to just take away from, from that portion of, of the conversation. It's just like, sit there and face. You don't need to do ayahuasca. You don't need to do magic mushrooms to, to you know, face your, your darkness and yeah. face all your traumas. Yeah. You can do it right in meditation. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. I I I uh, definitely have thought about doing one of these ten day med- ten day like retreats at some point. And um, it's funny because I think you I've heard a, a meditation proverb. It's like if you can't meditate for five minutes, meditate for sixty or something like that. Yeah, so it's like there's a story you have about to make, you have to make time for it. No, thanks for reminding me that I just actually heard a story from the Buddha um, in, in one of my. Uh, I was reading this book on on just stories and stuff from the Buddha, and basically some guy heard that the Buddha was giving prescriptions for people with anxiety. Mm. So he went to the Buddha and he said, I'm really struggling. I'm very stressed out. I'm anxious. He's like, what should I do? And the, the Buddha's like, I'm going to prescribe you 30 minutes of meditation per day. So the guy goes out and of course, for the whole week, he doesn't meditate at all. And he comes back to the Buddha and he goes, look, I can't do this. Do you have anything else? And he goes, 60 minutes. <laughs> it's, like, it's just like, Come on, if you you can't find twenty minutes, yeah. let's go. Come on. I know, I know. Um, yeah, no, you have to find time. And I think it takes a little bit. Of, people have to to get a taste of it for them to want to uh, to kind of see the benefit of it. For sure. Um, pretty amazing though. You've taught yoga classes around the world at this point. I think it's been over twenty countries: Dubai, India, Bali. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've taught in LA. Yep. What do you love most about teaching? Gosh, great question. Um, you know, for me, teaching is, uh, I think everybody wants to be heard and seen. And I think that yo- teaching yoga has been a great platform, kind of like your podcast, just to like really share, mm. um, to share my ideas. But more so, I think the bigger purpose for me of like teaching yoga, um, there's something really gratifying just about helping people and just mm-hmm. being of service. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, it's not even like, oh, I'm doing it. It's really the yoga and I'm just like a channel. I'm just sharing it. That's why mm-hmm. I don't even like calling myself a, a teacher or an instructor. But, you know, the guy, re- would you like guider? I feel like that's a guider. A, yeah, a it just gets or... a little cheesy. So I just stick with teacher because it's like <laughs> if I start going up to everyone in L.A. like I'm a sharer of yoga, it's like, get the fuck out of here. But, yeah, they're um, like, what are you smoking? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, I think there's a line and I think that's one of the reasons why like Nike was interested in me is because, you know, I'm relatable. Like, I, you know, I'm really interested in athletics and I was able to to tie together the the benefits of yoga and just be like this relatable dude that does yoga. But I also hoop and I, I play basketball and I, you know, I like to swim and bu- ride bikes like I love and, and yoga just helps me do all those things better. It elevates my performance. Mm. It accentuates it all. So, um Going back to your question about why I love sharing yoga is, yes, I get to help people. It's a platform for me to share what's on my mind. Um, it's, it's fucking fun. Like <laughs> I haven't felt that kind of like um, energy and since I was in like high school, like, you know, the, like, did you play sports in high school? Yeah. You know, when the crowds are there and like you got, you, you know, you're, you're so present and you're locked in and that's how I feel when I teach yoga. So that's like the closest thing that I've gotten to mm. that. Um, but yeah, it's just like, I love music. So I incorporate like really fun playlists and, and it's just, a, it's like a big dance party, man. You yeah. know, with, with, with obviously some, some waves Yeah, and it's so fun. I, I, I love it. I'll do it for the rest of my life. Even if I don't make money from it. Wow. Have you seen like emotional connections from people because of they needed that session or they maybe have said something to you after coming to some of your court like classes or anything like that. Yeah. You know, keep coming back to the concept. It's not me, it's the yoga, but I think for sure all the time people have emotional experiences because you know, it's the first time where they've truly had that, that opportunity for stillness and mm. they're, and they're, they're just feeling like if you're practicing yoga properly, you're, you're tuning into what you're feeling. 
And when you feel something, it becomes emotional. And it's not necessarily that these people are sad that are coming and they're like crying. It's not even always sadness. It's, it's mostly like they're like, wow, I didn't realize how trapped I was or I didn't realize how much I was holding on to. Mm. And it's just an awareness. Mm. And that's why people have an emotional experience, especially like people always joke around, oh, I cry in pigeon pose. Have you heard that? No. I've been been getting better into the yoga world, but I still got a lot to learn. Yeah. And it's like, it's like the reason you're crying in pigeon pose is is not because you're like a sad person. It's like, you know, pigeon's a hip opener and people don't understand that we actually store some of our deepest feelings and emotions in our in our tissues, in our hips. Our issues are in our tissues. <laughs> but yeah, so when you start to open up physically, you actually open up emotionally and mentally. And like you're you're just made you know, that analogy of, of creating space. Mm. You're not just creating space physically, you know, from your limbs. You're not just creating space in your vertebra, but you're creating space in your thoughts, your emotions. Mm. You're, and, and when you have space, you have you have growth. You have fertile ground. You have a new place to begin from. So yeah, yoga can be an emotional practice yeah. for sure. So can meditation. You know, often oh, sometimes yeah. I'll have tears. You know, after a meditation. Yeah, the longest meditation I've ever done was uh, an hour long, and I and I was like, whoa, this is. I, I went down a rabbit hole, and uh, I was like, man, if I do anything more than an hour, this is gonna be some groundbreaking stuff. But I feel like, I mean, I've listened to many podcasters that they're like. 30 minutes is you're just getting warmed up. You need, you got to keep going. For sure. Yeah. Those longer ones can be really beneficial because sometimes like 20, 30 minutes is just, is just when it begins. Like it's just starting, Yeah. you know, right when you start to get uncomfortable, right when your mind starts to kind of wander, it's like, that's right when it starts. Yeah. You know, my yoga teacher always tells me that the yoga posture begins as soon as you want to come out of it. Same thing goes with meditation. Which is like, you have to lean into it even more at that point. Yeah. It's like, that's when the work starts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, Not to, I don't want to glaze over the Nike stuff because I feel like that is such a massive like accomplishment. I mean, especially if you grew up as a, as a athlete, I mean, Nike, it's everywhere. It all doesn't really make sense. And it's kind of (laughs) weird because like people like now, you know, will maybe bring that up first or like associate me with that. And that's okay because Nike is so... Um, obviously influential in what they do. And I'm really, really grateful to be working with a company that kind of is like rebellious. Mm. You know, they've always kind of supported the underdog. They've Mm -hmm. always got involved in like issues bigger than sports. Totally. And I feel like kind of just like yoga, how yoga is a tool and metaphor for life. Like Nike uses sport as a tool to, to really create change. You know, they backed Colin Kaepernick. Right. They got they had really good messages to share when you know, when Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. came through and really any kind of issue, they they just get behind the the right in the right way. Yeah. So I just feel grateful. And even with yoga, you know, I just I, I flew here for a shoot. That's why I'm here. And um For Nike? For Nike. Wow. And they're doing this campaign. Um, I, I won't say too much, but basically that yoga's for everybody. And like the models that they chose, they actually didn't even use me. I came in as an art director. So I was there just to basically support the talent, which this was a new position for me because I'm usually like behind the camera or in front of the, <laughs> in front camera. Of the camera. Now you're directing. You're like, now what? I'm, I'm like, this is cool. Like, I guess taking all those Instagram photos really got me a job. I never knew that was in demand. But anyways, you know, they had uh, they had talent there and the talent that they chose were really, really, um, you know, not your average typical yogi, like Lululemon, mm. Aloe model, you know, mm. they were, um, you know, one was like a a gay black guy that was really overweight. And it was just like so beautiful to see him like connect with the yoga practice. And I even had a moment like with him just to like meditate and and drop in before the shoot. And 
you know, they had another like little Asian um, kid. And it was just like so many different body types. They had one girl who had one arm. And she was amazing. She could do all the poses. So it's like, it really says a lot about Nike they're where they're like, they man. could have the best models. They could literally, but they're, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So they know it, I was like, let's go. I want to be a part of this. That's going to impact the message when that rolls out even more. I just got the chills thinking about it. I can it. already, yeah. I can already visualize it. I can already yeah. visualize it. Um, Man, that's incredible. Did you have any, uh, so you had no idea what the talent was looking like coming into it. They didn't like run run it by you, or no? They, yeah, they they sent me like um, all the YouTube um, you know call call sheets for all their interviews. So wow. I knew what I was working with, but I was like, "Whoa, this is going to be really fun" because it actually challenged me. It's like, how do you get someone who's who's super overweight Ooh. into postures that actually are authentic and really feel good? So it was a good challenge for me, to be mm. honest. Um, but yeah, the whole Nike thing is like. God, it's it's just it doesn't even feel real. Still, it's like it was just like a manifestation. Because if you were to talk, like, would you ever think Nike would be interested in yoga? No, I mean their pillars are basketball, football, yeah. soccer. Like, why would they be interested in yoga? And for me, like, my dad was teaching yoga out of a little office building in Michigan when I was three, and what he, he didn't even my dad didn't really find really success until he was in his late thirties. Wow. Um, you know, but he was just in the perfect time at the perfect place. He was one of the pioneers. If it wasn't for him and all those other incredible teachers guiding the way, I don't think yoga would be as mainstream as it is. Yeah. So I, I can't even take credit for, for, for me being signed with Nike or Nike. Cause there were so many things that had to happen before me yeah. for Nike to, to, to even be interested to, in yeah, yoga. Yeah. And I happened to put myself in the right place at the right time talk about planting seeds and yeah. somehow manifested a meeting with Nike where they flew me to New York and it wasn't paid. They just bought my airfare and it was a, a panel. They, they put me on a panel with like three other teachers and they just interviewed me and it was front of like a hundred Nike employees. But the irony of this situation, and I sometimes like to share the story because I think that people can, can battle these tough decisions in life and, and sometimes you don't always want to go where the money is. But essentially, I had another job at the same day in London um, for another company called Super Dry. Have you heard of them? Mm -mm. They have a store on, on Main Street in Santa Monica. But they had this like one day shoot and they were offering me a $10,000 day rate. Oh and I'm sitting here like, <laughs> should I just cancel this like Nike panel that I'm doing for free? Like they, they're not taking me seriously. They never gave me any offers yet. I'm like, I could, I wasn't in the greatest financial position. I'm like, I could make $10,000. I'd be rich. In one day. In one day. In one day. Yeah. And they'd fly me to London and I could make a little trip out of it. Anyways, my mind was going crazy. And then I called one of my mentors and um, I was like, I was like, dude, what should I do here? Like, should I, should I take this other one? I have to get back to him in 24 hours. It's a last minute thing. And he's like, he's like, you know what, man, you got to do what's best for your future. He goes, $10,000 is going to be pennies, pennies. If you, if you can create this long-term relationship and I, keep in mind, I had no idea they were ever going to sign me. Like mm. it wasn't even in my, anyways, I ended up taking the Nike meeting and the, I, I killed the panel, I guess, because after like a week later, they, um, they ended up, we started talking about a contract, Wow, man! but, um, it, yeah, and, but it ended up taking a full year and they actually signed me two weeks after like in April 1st was my signing date. 
of of 2020. Of 2020. So even after so the pandemic, I thought when the pandemic no hit way. that they were gonna totally throw me out because I'm like, who, who's gonna have a budget during during COVID? Like, I, all these crazy thoughts were going through my head, and um, yeah, the, it, it, I'm really grateful for them because Nike. What they're really good at is they give people with culture resources. Yeah. And they've done that with athletes. And that's how they really stay authentic. Because if Nike, that's how they did it with Nike skateboarding. Have, mm. Are you familiar with SB, Nike SB? Yeah. I mean, I mean, the shoes are legendary. Like, yeah, they're legendary. And, and they're legendary for a reason. They could have just came into that market in a different way. But instead, they gave exclusive releases only to the skate shops. They supported, they listened to the skateboarders. Mm. And they're doing the same thing with yoga. They're listening to me. They're giving me resources. And they're allowing me to portray yoga through Nike in an authentic way. Mm. And it's hard for a big company to do that. You know, yeah. But it's all about listening, and I'm just, I, yeah. I have an immense amount of gratitude because they've given me a lot of, um, a lot of resources, and yeah. I can help share yoga now with, with millions. Yeah, I mean, even just the growth that I've seen in your journey the last three, four years, the, to me, the Nike is just a, it's a check mark of, literally, of, yeah, literally, <laughs> <laughs> literally. But it, it is a check mark of like where you're going hmm. you know what i mean like it's it's wins like that along the way that you wouldn't have stopped even if the nike thing didn't go through mm -mm. but it's wins like that that just add more fuel to the fire and also are just like i mean look at i have a, a nike like you know rocks i mean or it's like I, I i think of it in comparison when i was like early on in my podcast career I'm just the guy that's starting this podcast. I'm, I'm just like interviewing friends. And then finally I get a bigger guest. Okay, cool. Now I get the second biggest guest. Now I'm starting to get in like a role. And then momentum. people start to take you more seriously. Like, yeah. Oh shit. Like Bob's like interviewing all these people now. Like I should, I should listen to his podcast. Oh, Jonah just got signed by Nike. Like, damn, I should be like exactly. taking his it's content more serious. So to me, it's just like a huge, just like respect. It's like a like, validation. Validation. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. Validation. Great, great point. Great point. I well, think. and it's well-deserved. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, you know, I guess now, now it's just like really growing with them and, 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 you know, it's been a battle. It's, it's, it's not, it hasn't been all easy working with them. You know, there's definitely things that I've had to fight for Ma major corporation. I can't even yeah, imagine things move checks. are moving a little slower than, than I'd like, yeah. you know, just cause there's so many loopholes in oh, corporate yeah. and you know how it is. Um, but yeah, I'm just being patient and, 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 and trying to just basically just deliver my best work possible for them. And, uh, you know, hope we'll see where it goes. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, love your passion for just like overall wellness. Um, I've seen a lot of the YouTube stuff, like the cold plunges, the sauna sessions. Yep. One thing that's very clear to me is that your diet, you're, you're very dialed in on your diet. Has yoga been kind of the reason that it, you've like started to change the way you see foods and eat food or just in general, like what has your, how has your dieting changed over the last couple of years? Yeah. Um, my gosh, you're dude, you're one of the best interviewers I've, I've worked with. You, you're dialed in, bro. I can tell you your preparation is just on point. <laughs> I appreciate it, bro. Um, yeah. I think it's impossible to separate just like your yoga and your, your mental awareness mm. and state. It's, you can't separate those. I think it's impossible to separate yoga and your diet. Mm. You know, you are what you eat. I don't think it's ironic that when you go to a, a yoga class, you, you crave a green smoothie and not McDonald's. Like it's like, mm. think about it. Yoga is the only exercise system that really like almost has an identity with with vegetarianism 
Isn't that weird? Mm. Like, do you, do you notice? I mean, I guess some other like systems like bodybuilding, like they have like whey protein or like a lot of protein or meat or whatever. But I think yoga, it's like you become more sensitive to what you're eating. Mm. And like now that that McDonald's hamburger, when you eat it after a yoga class, now you actually just feel it more. Oh, yeah. So it's like before Wait, you were it eating you it. Down. Yeah, before you were eating it and like it was no big deal, it was just fuel. But now since you've become more sensitive through your yoga practice, now you can feel that, oh, it maybe gives you some digestive problems or maybe it gives you a headache or mm. maybe you just feel more sluggish or slow, mm. like you said. So I think it's just the awareness, but also there's like that ahimsa factor, which ahimsa means, you know, nonviolence, non-harming. The idea is to do as little harm as possible because mm. just by our footprint, you know, we're we're killing, you know, on the way here, just driving, I killed so many insects driving my car. Mm. But the idea is to do as little harm as possible. So if you have the conscious choice to, to not eat animals or to limit your consumption of animal products or, or seafood, you know, I just watched, have you seen Seaspiracy? Yeah, it was incredible. Oh my God. I think it just shook the whole fucking world. You know what's crazy? <clears throat> I was literally just telling a friend this last night. Two days before I watched the doc, tried sushi for the first time in my life. No. I, I I didn't grow up eating oh. fish and, and my roommates were like, we got to get sushi the other night. I'm like, I don't eat sushi. They're like, all right. I'm like, uh, the quote that I've been living by this Hopefully entire- you went somewhere nice. Uh, yeah. Santa okay. Monica, bougie spot. Bougie, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was, <laughs> you already it was probably really good. It was really good. <laughs> but I, I, I was like pinching myself as I watched the doc the next day. I was like, or two days later, I was like, oh, okay. So I'm, I'm just not gonna eat that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. Cause like, you know, it's, it's seafood goes back and I'm, I'm really like, um, a cultural person. I love tapping into like um, authentic cuisine when I travel. It's like yeah. one of my passions. I feel like sometimes I'm Anthony Bourdain with it. Like I don't Recipes, care. I'll, I'll eat street food. You just throw it all at me. But you know, it's so impossible to ignore now, especially after that doc that, you know, the biggest way we can help save our oceans is not eating fish. It's like people make all these other jokes about like, oh, not jokes, but like, they're like, don't use plastic straws. But you know, it, in the documentary, he said plastic straws trying to save the ocean is like, you know, stop using toothpicks to save the Amazon rainforest. It's like, it's such a small part. Mm. Really, it's the seafood um, that we're killing the oceans. We need it in the ocean. We need to stop putting the fishing nets that are by killing all these other animals. So, you know, your diet is, is, is really, really important. And even from a health perspective, I think that I've experimented, I've had different diets, but mostly it's been plant-based and I keep coming back to plant-based because I just feel the lightest, you know, mm. not just physically, but mentally, I feel more clear. I can tell sometimes people who like eat a lot of meat, they're a little like aggressive and just like, mm. um, have you noticed that like people eat like a ton of steak, they're like yeah. kind of just like angry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, there's a vibration in the food that we eat and not to be too Venice, but you know. It also weighs you down, like you were saying, or like not only mental clarity, but like it'll weigh you down where you're just like, you eat it and you don't want to move. Yeah. Like when you eat a steak, it's like a carcass. It takes like, I think, um, you know, almost 48 hours to fully digest, which mm. is insane. It's literally sitting in you and like, you know you quite literally become full of shit. <laughs> so literally. It's like, I think that, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that veganism is the one all be all diet. I think that people would highly benefit from eating less animal products. Yeah. I don't even think like, don't even worry about eliminating them fully. Just try eating less and see how you feel. Yeah. That's the, I'm not like, I don't get judgmental about it. I'm everyone's on their own path and I've had slip ups and I, you know, I've dabbled and, yeah, and I just keep coming back. Yeah, I'm just hopeful that somehow, some way, we this world finds a way to provide healthier alternatives 
for people that can't afford like McDonald's is so convenient and it's cheap. And so somebody that doesn't have the money, I get it. Like if you have literally $10 in your name and I get it, you yeah, know, like I you have to feed your stomach. I get it. I just hope that someday, somehow some company or <clears throat> something changes where there is no other option but to eat the, the healthiest thing. I always Facts. tell people the greatest thing about living in LA is that if you're not eating clean and you're not working out daily, you're you're, people are like, what do you mean? You're, you're like, why aren't you eating good? Why aren't you working out? You have no excuse. Obviously, we, we, we're so fortunate because the weather yeah. and the food everywhere. Is there's so many bomb. options here. Yeah, like, it's like, it's ridiculous. It, like, I'd be like wise. very, very surprised if you go to any restaurant in LA and there's not at least one vegetarian option. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean it's every menu is like vegan friendly, this friendly, this, 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 yeah, this. Everything's I'm like, oh, gluten free. Wow. And like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you seen Erewhon? I mean, that place oh, is fucking. Dude, I mean, you couldn't have dreamed up a place. It's almost like a joke because you walk in there and it's like, you know, $15 probiotic gluten-free parfaits. It's like, it's... It, what other grocery store can you go and catch a vibe and like hang out and literally... Dude, it's like a club. Like I would just sometimes... Like when I used to live in LA, I had this buddy. You probably ran into him. He's all over Venice. Have you seen like a, a Persian guy that is always hanging around Air One? I've, I've only been to Air One two times. Oh, then maybe Venice. you haven't yeah, seen I haven't, him. But, I haven't seen him yet. But um, you know, he's a super funny local guy that always is hanging around Air One and, and striking up conversations with people. And I kind of realized like... Erewhon can be a networking. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's people pulling up in Ferraris oh, to grab their yeah. groceries. I mean, it's there's some really, you know, successful people that are tapped in and, and are going there. So, yeah. You got to throw yourself out there. <laughs> if you're some... listening and you want to network, <laughs> just hang out on the benches at Erewhon. You might meet someone. Somebody's going to book a flight from this right to LAX and go right to the Erewhon and Venice just to see if they can meet the yeah, right person. It's like, it's so funny, yeah, man. But, uh, it's a different world. I literally have a, there, I haven't been yet. I have a gluten-free dessert shop at the end of my street. No way. Gluten-free. Oh, let's hit it after. <laughs> I could go for a gluten-free dessert. Oh, my God. I haven't been yet, but it, it sounds definitely bomb. But, yeah, to kind of wrap up the the diet thing, I... um. You know, for me, I think protein's overrated. You know, I don't even need to speak so much about it. I'll just let the experts do it. There's mm. so many like resources and documentaries. Game Changers is one of my favorites. Mm. Um, what the Health, these are by my buddy Kip Anderson. Um, Seaspiracy, all these documentaries will kind of really just lay it out for you. But I do want to say if you are thinking about moving towards a plant based diet, definitely like do your research. You know, your body is a literally an experiment and you have to be a scientist you have to make sure that you're doing the proper food combining that you're getting enough um b12 enough protein all these little things um i started taking uh, an omega supplement because i mm. realized i wasn't getting enough omegas because i don't eat seafood mm. and um take i take fish oils twice a day fish oils yeah. i'd like to challenge you to, to instead of taking fish oils to take algae oil because mm. that's where the fish actually get their oil oh, from the algae. Oh, I see, I see. So if you get it from the source, it's actually going to be more potent and you're not, you don't have to kill fish for it. Uh -huh. So check, right, the same brand actually makes, that makes fish oil, makes the algae oil. Interesting. I think the brand is literally Omega 3. I think that's the name of one of, a, one of the yeah, brands. Yeah, there's, there's one really popular one called Nordic Naturals mm. that they make fish oil, but they also make the algae oil. Wow. But anyways, um, yeah, the, it's... I just like to challenge everyone listening to just, you know, maybe go like one day a week without meat. Just mm. one. See how you feel. Mm. Best way to learn. You got to test yourself, baby. You got to test yourself. Push yourself into the discomfort. Let's go. Going, actually going off discomfort though. How, how has, um, I know there's so many yoga poses and I've, I've only been to a, a few classes and I'm just like, I, this is unbelievable. I don't even know how people are physically doing this, but how have, how has like the continuous process of pushing yourself to do some of these poses 
seeking that discomfort, has that like just allowed you to just take that same kind of um, mindset and just incorporate it across your life? For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Because I feel like you're, especially with the amount of traveling you do and, and just as you said, like you said, like wherever you are culturally, you're just going to try different food. Like I feel like you're probably a very open-minded individual that is just open to all different types of experiences, food. I mean, you name it, but yeah. it, you're going to lean more into the discomfort versus running away. Definitely. Well said. I think that's another aspect of yoga is just being comfortable in that discomfort. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just one one thing that you can do just like ice baths just like holding your breath free diving you're literally just going into the abyss you're going into that discomfort and you're learning to stay relaxed Mm. and yeah yoga has been a huge um a huge factor for me in that yoga like i said before is just a metaphor for life and the yoga studio is like almost a place where you can you roll out your mat and you go through all these challenging poses and you, you you come to your breath, you breathe through them, right? And that's just a container to literally help you when you get off your mat and you get into a difficult situation mm-hmm. to also come to your breath. Mm-hmm. So you're just training yourself. But I found like, you know, yoga is not the end all be all. I don't want people to think that you have to do yoga. You can find yoga in everything. I mean, yoga is... For me, yoga is like a quality that you bring into something. You know, without yoga, really what you're doing is just calisthenics. It's mm-hmm. just body weight movements. Mm-hmm. You, what makes it yoga is what we talked about, that quality of breathing through the discomfort. So an ice bath, for instance, the benefits of ice bath are clear. Anti-inflammation, you're, you're recovering, you're repairing your cells, but also mentally, you have to sit in discomfort and come to your breath. Mm. That's preparing you for every other challenge um, you face in your life and will help you become more resilient. Mm. I think if yoga was to give you one quality out of all the qualities, it would be resiliency. And that's the one quality that if I if I end up having kids that I'm going to really try to help them cultivate is that quality resiliency because life throws so many things at you. And if you're not able to bounce back, it's going to be tough. It's yeah. Like, you know, if you have, if you haven't partnered with Wim Hof yet, I feel like that is just inevitably going to happen yeah. when the time's meant to I be. Know, I know. I, I love that guy, man. I think he, he really fucking put a, <laughs> put a dent in the universe with his, with his acts. Everyone left and right is doing cold plunges now, uh, or cold showers. And I think it's such a good way to wake people up and, and step into that discomfort. You know, one of my favorite quotes is, is launch yourself into the abyss and you'll realize that it's just a bed of feathers, something like that. I'm probably butchering it, but wow. you know, put yourself into that discomfort. And and you know, at first it seems so scary, but once you actually do, you realize it's just a feather bed. Mm. It's really not that bad. Mm. And um, yeah, at least do one thing a day that feels almost like a near death experience. That, that's my motto. <laughs> do one thing, whether it's jump in the freezing cold ocean after this. Yeah. Um, you know. Go on a, a run, drip and sweat. Mm. <laughs> do do it all, bro. Just do it all. Always pushing it, man. Yeah. What's your? I'm sure you get this all the time. But what's your best tip for people that are interested in trying yoga, but they feel you know they get intimidated. They see they see the poses that you're doing online, or they see other people that just look like experts, and they feel like everyone's gonna be eyes on them if they go to a class. What what what's your best tip for the people that are interested in trying? Honestly, my best tip is just to go in there and do your best. You know, it sounds cliche, but you know, you get all the benefit from a, from yoga just by trying, just mm. by like flirting. Even if you can half do the poses, you're still going to receive all the benefit. That's one of the unique aspects of yoga. 
Um, it's not like gymnastics or basketball where you have to make the shot or land the trick to get the point. I but, love that quote. I had that written down. Really. Yeah, that's good. That's that, that that's good. the fact because like even if you do a forward fold and you're like halfway to touching your toes, you're still getting the same stretch than if somebody else was touching their toes. Hmm. Maybe even more of a stretch. Maybe it's actually benefiting you more than the person that can touch their toes. If that makes any sense. Mm. So it's like, it's really interesting. Like people get so discouraged and it's like, they don't want to do yoga because they're not flexible enough or not strong enough. But in reality, it's like they need it the most. Mm. And um, yoga will really, will really work in the way you need it to. So if you come to yoga too hard, yoga will soften you. Mm. It will, it will make you uh, less tense. If you Mm. come to yoga too soft, like maybe you're a little too limber. Maybe you're overly flexible or you're just kind of, yoga will give you some firmness, some strength. It will really like, it will toughen you up. Like mm. yogi's not, dude, they're doing yogis, uh, yoga with fighters, with MMA fighters. Crazy. And I even saw Jake Paul doing acro yoga. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's huge. That's huge. Right. It's, 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 I mean, it's a great look for the overall community of yoga. Yoga's penetrating the best athletes in the world. LeBron James, Steph Curry, all these all these guys are doing yoga for for many reasons and it, it's just a, it's just the beginning honestly i think i saw a t- statistic every out of everyone that does fitness only 10% have even tried yoga oh man so think about how big yoga the is scurf- surface only 10% have tried it mm. so i'm like Get your yoga certification now because it's going to be in demand. You're about to get the lifetime contract from Nike next. I know LeBron got one. I think you're going to oh, get one. Sure. I think you're going to get one next. God bless. Let's oh, see. Do you have a? Are you? Do you have any favor over hot yoga or regular yoga? Because I've done hot oh. and that was game changer for me. Yeah, I I actually you know prefer um, not necessarily like hot yoga like like uh, like Bikram. A lot of hot yoga can kind of be a little weird or boring, but I definitely recommend doing hot yoga in a hot room because it just loosens you up. Oh yeah. I love stretching in the sauna. Oh yeah. It makes sense. You know, do you know where hot yoga came from? No. It's hot in India. That's like, <laughs> that's the epicenter of yoga, right? Yeah. It's, that's where yoga came from. It was the birthplace of yoga and hot yoga was literally just trying to mimic the environment in India. When you go practice yoga in India, if you ever do, it's so hot and humid all the time, all the time. So it's so easy to get in and out of posh. Like you're t- at least 50% more flexible in a hot room. Like, you'd be surprised what I could put you in in a, in a hot room. I could put you in a pretzel. Not that that's the goal, you know. He's eyeing me down like, you got no idea what I'll, I'll do to you. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an acro flight after this podcast. But uh, my uncle always says he can't he, – he's so funny. My uncle cracks a ton of jokes. If you ever get a chance to take his class, I recommend in it. In Santa Monica, right? Um, not anymore, actually. Okay. He's just online. He moved to Ojai with his family. Wow. But um, he said that, you know, he still to this day after practicing yoga for 40 years, can't think of one intelligent reason why anyone would want to put their foot behind their head. (laughs) And I think that's like such a good testament is all these people want to go deeper in yoga postures, but they have no idea why. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's like also a metaphor. Like everyone wants to go deeper, wants to go harder, wants to go faster, but no, no one wants to know why. And if you can take a step back and look how silly that is, it's like the reason we should practice yoga is... Um, physically is, is as a maintenance program. You're just like a car. You need to take it in, you know, make sure yeah. the oil's running and, and you know, the, all the, like a bike, the chain's running, like yoga is going to keep all your ligaments and joints, um, healthy. Yeah. But you don't need to put the gas pedal to the metal to get the fullest benefits no, out of it. No, you know, like all these like sick mentalities, like no pain, no gain. Like what the hell are you talking about, <laughs> dude? Like you want to feel pleasure. Like that's actually a sign that you're moving in the right direction. Pain is 
you know, there's good pain and there's bad pain, but ultimately pain is just going to create more stress and you're going to, you're going to hurt yourself. The best workout approach you can have is like the harder you are on anything, the faster it's going to wear out. Mm. Like a car, like when you buy a car, you don't want to buy it from a young kid who just destroyed it. You want to buy a car from the little old lady who took so good care of it yes. in, 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 in California where the roads were nice, you know? Yes. So it's like, what kind of car do you want to have when you're 70? Do you want to be, do you want to have like three knee replacements and a hip replacement and back surgery? No bueno. No, you want to go easy on it. So yeah. like, unless you need to for your sport or whatever, like there's no one more fucked up in life than football players. I know. And it's like Thank God my parents did not allow me. I don't even think I was that interested, but I think I brought up one time they're like absolutely not. Yeah. Thank you mom and dad. Exactly. Yeah, have blessings. <laughs> Cuz it's, you know, from concussions to injuries like, you know, we're so fragile and I think that we just need to like gently take care of ourselves. And the why thing like, is you got to start now. I think most people start when it's too late when they get the update that their health is in bad shape or that they're older, you know, it's like you have yeah. to start now and be proactive about it. Like, yeah, you know, have you had any serious injuries? Knock on wood. Knock on wood, thankfully not. You know, I've had some serious injuries and now I really have to think about, you know, I went electric dirt biking yesterday with, mm-hmm. a, with a buddy of mine through the Topanga Canyon. Dean. Dean. I've, met, I've only met Dean once. You know Dean? Great guy. Yeah, awesome. I met him. I met him March before the pandemic hit, the weekend before everything. I'll never forget it. I met him. We all went out to this huge rave in downtown LA. And that was right. And then the next weekend, LA shut down and have not seen him since. Oh my God. Well, I'll have to reconnect you guys because yeah. he's such a good guy. And he literally has two of these bikes and he'll take you on one of the best experiences LA I has I saw the offer. videos. It looked crazy. Unreal. Unreal. <laughs> and I'm not even like a mountain bike, dirt bike guy, but it's literally like the Tesla of dirt bikes. But, you know, coming back to that, I really had to be cautious and careful that I didn't hurt myself. Because, mm. you know, I have another one shoe run, coming up. Turn. It's like people get injured so quick and and our bodies are yeah just be gentle that that's the thing to take away from this be gentle be gentle what talk to me about uh the path is the practice how can people incorporate this into their lives yeah this has kind of become like my motto and um basically what this means is like you know the greatest teacher in your life is your is your life experience it's like people are always looking for all these teachers and gurus they're looking for someone in an orange robe with dreadlocks mm. but it's like in reality you're the greatest teacher you'll ever meet is your life experience mm. so when i say the path is the practice is like the path that you on is your practice every moment mm. um you know everyone's has their own path everyone has obstacles everyone runs into to difficulties and and challenges and that's the practice mm. It's like that's that's your that's your practice. It's like almost like right there in the saying, the path is the practice, and I, that goes back, you know, centuries. But yeah, that's essentially just to like listen to your greatest teacher, and that's the path that you're on. Mm. You know, every moment, every difficult moment you have, every difficult encounter you have with a, a sibling or a a significant other, a relationship, that's just an opportunity for you to come and move closer to balance. Yeah. Um, yeah, like my greatest teacher, I would say is probably my younger brother, Nathan. He's the only person that can probably, you know, even after all this yoga that I do and all this meditation, he can still get, get to me somehow. He can still push my buttons. And it's like, I know that I'm getting better in my spiritual practice when I go home, you know, for the holidays or I go home to see my, my family or Nathan's in town and he can't, he can get to me less. Wow. And I'm like, wow, I'm making progress. So <laughs> that's, that's your little check of that, like, am I, am I doing for me, the work? for me, I think yeah. it's different for everyone. Like some people like, you know, 
their their brother or sister like their biggest supporter and they never have those kind of but you know i think we're just close in age and the the nature of brothers you know we're just we'd like to fuck with each other of course that's so, that's what the yeah. relationship's about dude. yeah you have to keep everybody in nathan's kind of like jake you know he's like he's kind of like oh, a, okay. he's a trouble child okay yeah <laughs> okay i can already picture him i'm already a fan of him yeah. um <laughs> kind of a uh, couple quick qu- these are more quick questions and then we'll kind of wrap up for sure what, what are the daily r- routines that help you operate at a higher level Okay. Daily routines. Um, water. Water's a big one. Huge. Um, I just invested into a Kangen water machine. What is that? I got to get you on that, bro. It's a basically short story. It's, it's a water alkal ionizer that have you ever heard of like 9.5 pH? Yeah. I don't want like alkalized water. Yeah, yeah. Essentially this is like real alkalized water. Okay. Um, and it brings up the pH. It has way better absorption rate. It changes the molecular structure of the water. Like it comes up through the filter and then this, this machine shocks the water and changes the molecular structure to be more absorbed. So a lot of times you'll drink water and you'll feel like kind of bloated. Mm-hmm. This dude, literally this water, you drink it and you got to go pee right away because it just goes through right you through your body and you feel more hydrated. So I've been drinking tons of water first thing in the morning before my coffee, before my tea, um, just hydrate. Cause when you're sleeping, you're not drinking any water. Totally. So yeah, that I would say, um, meditation first thing when I wake up, it mm-hmm. doesn't even have to be anything like super dramatic. It could just be even five minutes sitting at your bedside. You know, go pee, then come right back to your bed, hit like a five, 10 minute meditation. Mm. Boom. Um, another daily routine for me is like obviously any kind of physical exercise in the morning just to like wake up your brain, your nervous system. Yep. And then um, before bed, like some kind of stretching. Again, I, I'm trying to be relatable. I don't want people to think it's so intimidating to practice yoga. Yeah. But like maybe one or two stretches, yeah. like a pigeon pose um, or like a forward fold or even like a back bend or putting your feet up the wall. Yeah. Just something to kind of like help you unwind. Yeah. Um, Anything else? I love ice baths. If you can get yourself in an ice bath, you'll be changed forever by it. Um, it's not just a bunch of hype. It, it really is the real deal. And daily routines. Uh, matcha. Mm. Matcha. We'll get you get, some of that Get after. the matcha. Yeah. Shout out Tenzo. Too. Tenzo. <laughs> oh, Robbie's going to love that when he hears that. Um, that's all great. I'm definitely about, to, I need to get on that, on that ice bath wave. We, we've been talking about but it. Maybe I can learn some more morning routines from you because honestly, I'm, I'm not a routine guy. Every mm. day is different. I never know what's going to happen. Yeah. So maybe I can benefit from, from some of your, your, like, I could probably be journaling more or doing some of these things that I see you guys doing. Yeah. So we'll talk. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you my whole, I'm dialed in on just like the same thing every single day at the same time but we'll we could chat about that after for sure um if you had to tell yourself one model every morning i know you had said the path is the practice is like your model but kind of if yeah. there was a model you had to tell yourself every morning to kind of set the intention for the day what would be that one motto the motto for me every single day is that um life doesn't come at you life comes from you mm. and this is just a, a simple reminder that that things don't happen to you, they happen for you. Mm-hmm. And that it's simply the way you respond to your reality. Yeah. That's, you're not, karma's not you creating your reality. Your karma is how you respond to the reality that is. Yeah. And for me, it's like a, just a constant reminder. Yeah. That's so good. The yep. biggest thing I just heard is respond. Don't react to the world. Respond. Yes. Love that. When you react, you have one choice. Yep. When you respond, you have many choices. Infinite. It's the, yeah. yeah. Love that. If you could gift one lesson to the world, what would it be? If I could gift one lesson to the world, um, I would say, um, you know, ask yourself, 
how can I phrase this? I think that like the purpose, you know, actually I learned this from a friend. His, his name is Sunil. He's, uh, he's an amazing author. He just wrote a book called Backable. And every morning he asks his daughter two questions. And he asks her, he says, what's the meaning of life? And his daughter goes, to find my gifts. And then he goes, what's the purpose of life? And she goes, to give them away. Ooh. And I mean, he, he literally asks his daughter this. That's no joke every morning. And I think it's like, if you're listening to this, find your gifts and then figure out how to give them away and share them. Because like the, the meaning of life is to find them, but the purpose, the bigger meaning, the, the real dharma, the purpose is to share them with others. Mm. And that's like the most simple thing that I can, I can share with people because everyone's gifts are different. Yeah. You know, your gift is, what, what would you say your gifts are? What my gifts are, I think it's it's people. I'm I, I I realize that my my skill is communicating with people, and um, it didn't just naturally. It wasn't like I was born with it. I just over a lot of time leaning into like I'm a big people's person. I love high energy. I want to be around people. I want to uplift people. I even think back to when I was in high school. Like I was always that kid that was like talking to either guys and girls about like what they were going through or like I was always mm. there to like help people and try to walk them through and try to give them advice. Mm. So I, I just think I'm able to reflect emotion of whatever that person is feeling and, 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 and not, and not, not have them feel intimidated or I can, mm. um, I'm able to connect with people and, and come off as like, even if you walk in today and this is the first time we're sitting down, like, I feel like we, we just escalated the relationship a thousand years. So I For think sure. my gift is people and understanding and my, and my way to give it back to the world is sharing incredible stories and insight with people like you and wow. hopefully giving people the fuel and fire to, to one of two things. One, to become their most authentic version of themselves and to live a life authentically true to them instead mm. of listening to what everyone else is telling them to do. And not only that, it's it's to become the best version of themselves. So become, find that inner potential, become your most inner potential person, but then also live the most authentic life and don't just do the job and don't just follow the path because everybody else is telling you to do it. So that to me is like, is what I want to do with it. Well said, yeah. bro. Well yeah. said. And that's, yeah, I, I can, I can just affirm that really quickly that you, you do have a gift with people. And I think your gift is like, is creating that that sacred space. Mm. I, um, you really create an atmosphere of non-judgment and mm. you're, you're an amazing listener. And that, that says a lot about how well of a speaker you are too. Appreciate and, that. um, yeah, I, I, I wish you the best, bro. This, oh, we're just getting started. It's just this, the beginning. And there's going to be many, many more of these. That, uh, so this is going to be chapter one of many chapters. Let's go. Comments. I can't <laughs> wait for our round two when we, when we do it with a video. Oh yeah. It's a video studio. Maybe in Tulum. <laughs> Don't tell me with a good time. Um, area of your life you need to put more effort into. Wow. Um, I would say area of my life I need to put more effort into. I would say, I would say like reading. I need to start reading mm -hmm. more. Okay. You know, I, 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 it's so funny. Everyone talks about books. Like I see all those books on your bookshelf, but I think reading is so boring. Yeah. <laughs> you got to find the right books. I got to find the right book. That's you all know, it is. I, I've never, I've been more of like an experiential kind of person. You know, you can read about it, you can talk about it, but you eventually got to do it. Totally. I agree. And, um, so I'm a doer, but at the end of the day, I think that there's so much wisdom in books yes. that, um, I could probably tap into that more and just, you know, develop that muscle of my mind to, to read. I think, I think it would be a great outlet, especially in the times when you're traveling. 
because you're so much time. There's just so much time. And instead yeah. of scrolling so much time on your phone or yeah. like listening to so many podcasts that those books and I, and that's why I still buy books. I don't have an audible. I don't, I don't want the digital. I no. want the physical and it allows me to just be present on this thing in front of me. So maybe um, I can, uh, I can check out a book from the, the library. I would be honored if you take one out after, <laughs> after we, after we wrap this up. So I'll, I'll give you some pointers on potential ones. Thank you. Um, first step anyone can take to reaching their inner potential. Um, first step is, uh, again, finding your, finding your gifts. How do you find your gifts? Um, there's a few ways you can find your gifts. One is, um, Hmm, this is, this is a good question. I like this. I think that someone, the way you can find your inner potential is, is just seeing what you're passionate about. I think that will point you in the direction of your gifts. Hmm. So just really like sitting with yourself and, and, and trying everything and just seeing what really sticks. Cause mm-hmm. there's a lot of fads. There's a lot of phases. Um, you might be into, you know, this one day and then you, you switch on another thing, but see what sticks. So try everything, find what you're passionate about and then see, you know, what you're really good at yeah. and what your role is. Yeah. And then, you know, there's, my dad always tells me the three, three things for success is find out what you're good at, become a master at it, and then find a way to, to charge for it mm-hmm. in some extent. Yeah. So yeah, I think the second stage is really important. So once you find what you're good at, you got to dedicate the time and become 10,000 hours, the 10,000 hours, become the best at it, become a master. Mm-hmm. So you can really compete and, and really offer value. Yeah. And then people are going to come knocking on your door and want to pay you for that service. Exactly. Want to pay it's you like, it's time. like the third thing is like, is like a byproduct of yeah. the first two things. It's like they say, don't chase the money, let the money chase you. Yeah. You see this with artists. And I think Venice, the cool thing about living here, and I'm sure you figured this out is there's a lot of artists here. Yeah. And all these artists are, are obviously very abundant because Venice is not cheap, <laughs> um, but it's like, yeah, they're just doing what they're good at. They've yeah. become fucking amazing at it, whether they're a musician or a videographer or a photographer or an, uh, literally a painter. I, I'm living or I'm, the place I'm renting is his girlfriend who is, is a painter and she makes her living off painting. So it's like in I, Venice, in Venice, not cheap. No, I mean, you must be selling a lot of paintings, girl. Shoot. Sheesh. But yeah, find your passionate about, you know, become the best at it, become a master, put the hours in and then find a way to charge for it. Yeah. I love that. As we wrap up this podcast, I always allow the guests to put a challenge out there to the listeners. If they listen to this far into the podcast, a little over 75 minutes. What's one challenge that you have for the listeners today after they finish this podcast? One challenge for you guys is before you go to bed tonight, do a little experiment. I want you to sit up at your bed and I want you to just observe, close your eyes and observe the touch of your breath coming in and out just for a few minutes. And just notice if that helps you fall asleep a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. Just notice if what that does going to, you just go to bed with a little less anxiety. Just notice, do a little experiment. So a few minutes, you don't have to do anything fancy. You don't have to sit in Lotus. Just sit and observe the flow of your respiration. Yeah. I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, from personal experience, that's what helps me fall asleep. Most nights of the week, I pass out probably within five to 10 minutes, sometimes even quicker. And one of two things, one is because I keep myself super busy throughout the day that my mind and body need the sleep. They're like, thank God, let's, 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 let's rest. (laughs) So I keep myself busy during the, during the day. But then even then I just start to just focus on that breath going in and out. And usually 
nine times out of 10, it's going to put me to sleep real quick. Yes. And then, you know, if, if your breath is something that is too subtle for you, put your hand on your belly. Yeah. And just follow it there. Yeah. Jonah, this has been an absolute honor, man. I, I honestly am thankful it took us this long to sit down and, and do this podcast because there's been so much that I've seen happen for you in these last couple of years. <laughs> and it's been, uh, it's honestly been so cool to see it from afar because it's like I said, kind of said earlier, it's like, I get, I truthfully get inspired by people that aren't trying to be podcasters. I get inspired by people like yourself that are passionate about something and are pursuing it at the highest level. And Mm -hmm. so when I see you, you know, get this deal with Nike, or I see you teaching in 20 plus countries, or I see you kind of just moving and grooving with life, it, it inspires me because it's like, if this is possible for him, everything that I've ever envisioned my life is also possible. And it doesn't have to be the same. It's, it doesn't matter what it is. I just, I see people like you and you, you provide inspiration to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just hearing you speak today, like incredible, just so present. You're so, um, passionate about the craft of yoga. Um, and this truthfully has just been mm-hmm. really a, a really great conversation. I'm excited for people to hear it. Thank you, brother. Seriously. Likewise. Um, uh, really, really happy to be here. And yeah, like you said, everything is happening perfectly. Yeah. And I think that the timing couldn't have been better for us to, to drop in and connect. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this podcast, we got a favor for you. Or I have a favor, I should say, for you. For me, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I can't speak. All right, all you got to do, if you enjoyed this podcast, please, please, please screenshot this episode, whatever platform you're on, post it to your IG story. Tag Jonah. He is at K-E-S-T yoga, Kest yoga. Tag him on IG and then tag me at Bob A. That's B-O, three B's, four A's and a Y. Share out this podcast on your IG story and let us know what the biggest takeaway or the biggest learning. We're both super curious to hear what you guys and gals thought of the episode, so please let us know. Woo. Jonah, you're the man. Thanks for taking the time, brother. Bob A, the bearded man. Let's I love get it. it, baby. It's the Bearded Man Podcast. We will see you guys and gals soon enough. Namaste. See ya.